Welcome to Dads, Daughters, and Dollars, a financial podcast for everyone. Now, here's one of my favorite people. (laughs) I'm Sean, the dad, clearly the favorite. And I'm Caitlin, the daughter, clearly my dad's mistaken. Welcome to Dad's Daughters and Dollars. We are back. Um, I just want to say one thing to my daughter, go blue, because as recorded, <laughs> it's it's the day of uh, the first Michigan game yeah. that has started after the pandemic, and she's Versus, a big fan. Uh, Minnesota. So about an hour from now or less, we will be screaming at the TV. So that'll be exciting. <laughs> well, well, you will. I think maybe mom will. Um, we'll see if You, you we'll will be more subdued. More subdued? I don't know. Like, I don't have too many expectations coming in, but I just feel bad that it's football's going on during the pandemic and that we're, you know, even though they're trying to be safe in as many ways as they can, that, you know. I just want to bring up one fact. Mom and I didn't go to the school and we scream louder for them than I think you do, but um, we'll we'll train I don't know. I had to cover them as like a photographer. So, you know, oh, the time that Ohio State... Beat them. It was sad, but I knew I still had to, you know, cover their crying faces on the sideline, which I don't like saying that, but that, that's just but somebody the also went to the national championship and you saw a lot of games that they won. So it was fun. But let's get into what we're talking about today. Which yes, is, which is something I don't know how it hasn't come up sooner. Right. But checking accounts. Well, just check books, writing checks. I don't know too many of my friends who have come to me saying, hey, uh, do you know how to write a checkbook? I Googled it. I don't know how. Because I don't think most of my friends are writing checks. And if they are, they're not doing it too often. Most everything is online. My generation has Venmo. My generation also has the Cash app. I do not personally have the Cash app, but I know that that's something that people have. Um, so I don't know. I just feel like it's with everything online, It it, you know, why is it different for me to, in the case that I have to write a check, how would that be different from me then mowing $50 if I can see in my bank account I have way more than like $50? Well, listen, as, as we speak, it's the year 2020. So anybody who's listening to this from three years from now, I just want to make sure we're giving some context. Right. All right. So it's the year 2020. And um, I come from the history of uh, my parents show me how to balance a checkbook. You, you write a check, and then when uh, the check clears, it gets sent back to you in the mail with your statement. That It shows on the back of the check there's a stamp that says, oh, you wrote a check to Macy's, and Macy's cashed it five days after they received it, and then it shows on your statement, and then you balance your checkbook to make sure the amount of money you have in the checking account is not less than what you're paying out. Because if you do, you pay a lot of fees. Nowadays, online banking is pretty amazing. You, you can save a lot of time and stuff like that. The downside I have with it and why I like um, continuing with check registers and balancing my checkbook is because people make mistakes. And, and I'm going to give you an example. So my first checking account was in college. Everything went fine. I would have to, if I made money or I made money over the summer, I put it in the bank I'm at Boston College. I put the money in the bank that's like a mile from my campus. And then I would take money out if I wanted to spend money that weekend. And I always knew what was in there because I would write, you know, in my register. But I come out here to California, and I'm not going to name the bank. But I'm with this bank, and it was one of the top three banks in California in terms of, like, how much business they had. You know, they had nothing but commercials on the air. There was Bank of America. There was, like, Wells Fargo and this bank. 
Okay. So we had a, an account there because that's where I lived closest to, and it had the most amount of um, branches around where I lived. Right. And then when mom and I bought a house, there were very few of those around. We would have to travel four miles to deposit our check or something like that. Right. So I then said, okay, I'm going to switch over to this other bank, Bank of America. And so I keeping very copious records with my registers and I had something like $820. I don't remember the exact amount. And I go in, I'm said, I'm closing the account. And they said, okay, fine. And the guy's coming to me and he's bringing, giving me a check for like $1,520. And I go, no, no, this is wrong. That's like $700 too much. He goes, no, 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 it's this, it's this, it's this. I said, can I see a bank manager? So he said, the bank manager comes over and, and I said, can we sit down off to the side? Cause there's people behind me and we do. And I go, look, here's my check register. I have everything I don't know where this additional $700 came, but you guys are about to give me a check because I'm, I'm changing uh, banks. Right. I don't want to take this $700 more. And he basically didn't want to look at my register and by the end of 20 minutes basically said, we don't make mistakes. So wow. I took, what year was this, if you don't mind me asking also? Uh, approximately. 1988 or so. Okay. So I took the check for approximately $1,520 because they didn't want to hear anything wow. else. I deposited in Bank of America. Eight weeks later, I get a call from customer service. It must be corporate place in Kansas or the corporate place in Florida, wherever it was. And they're saying, sir, I think uh, you have $700 too much. And I said, listen, it's my understanding that your bank never makes mistakes. And I don't even have an account with you. Have a nice day. <laughs> Wait, what? That's what I said. <laughs> because they fought me on that my register keeping skills were well, no place in line with theirs. Two things to say about that story is that one, you're a very good person for saying, uh, that's a mistake. You gave me $700 too much versus $700 too little in the case where maybe you, you had three grand and 700 was, I mean, 700 is still a pretty chunky number. So I don't understand right, how anyone would get that. I was begging be that them. Wrong. I was, seven cents, $700. I was begging them to write me a check for $700 less. And after 25 minutes of hitting my head against the wall, they wouldn't accept my logic. So, cause, and then the other thing I was going to say was it, it makes me wonder if they would still try and hold you accountable had you only been, no, I'm sure in, the, in the case that you had only taken, you had three accounts with them and you only happened to be switching over one. That's yeah, what then, makes that, me wonder. Yeah, but I wasn't doing that. But right. I mean, the bottom line is they kept, you know, like basically yelling at me that they were correct. And so, you know, so did they ever try and call you? Because that's $700. No, they now but, lost. No, but like eight after. weeks later. No, never. So, so they just, just write, said, they write that off. But by the way, wow. they make mistakes against you. I don't know how often, but it happens. Yeah. So let's say that $700 they credited me for was $700 they didn't credit someone else for. So now their uh, big overall cash value of the bank had to put 700 in his thing because maybe they credited it to me i don't know how they made the mistake right but they had no plan to look at my register it makes me wonder how many like sean mulcahy's there are but there's plenty of people with the same name and well no you know. it, it wasn't that it had nothing to do with that they just were livid that i w wanted to question their math yeah so um, uh, so i've been keeping check registers so what i do is and the reason checks came about is Let's say you had a credit card for the first time and you charged $200 at Macy's and $100 at a grocery store and whatever. And at the end of a month, you have $430 mm -hmm. charged. You're not going to go to the bank and get $430 in $10 bills or $20 bills and send it in the mail because it could be stolen. 
Right. So the the way to make it easier that make sure they get their money and someone doesn't steal it because they see a thick envelope with green things in it. Right. They checks came about, right? So you write a check. If for somebody opened up that and stole that check, it's not even made out to them. So what they could do is they could white out the check and put their name out for $430. Right, but is but a most, bank actually think that most, le- legitimate? Most they banks have- are going to go, this is not legitimate. This right. is crazy. And then they would probably call the name on the check, which is like it has your like a phone number on it. And they would call you and say, did you write a check to this guy? Kind of looks white up. So it wouldn't happen. Right. But that was a safety measure so that you didn't send $430 in, in the thing. Or let's say your check... Your uh, credit card balance was $1,200. Nobody's sending $1,200 in cash through the mail. Right. So that was a, a way of keeping it safe. The thing that uh, checks did is there's always a delay in the information. What do I mean by that? The delay in information is I, write a ch- I, have, a, I have a credit card bill that's due the 1st of August. So on the 24th of, the, the, of so September... Uh, no, of July. So on the twenty right. fourth of July, right? Uh, I am writing a check, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm giving it seven days to get to where it has to go to, right. right? Yeah. And so I write in my check register. I wrote this on the twenty fourth. Then by the time I get my bank statement, which might be you know five weeks from then, because the whole month that the the check was cashed in. Right. The end of the yeah. nearly the beginning of September. It might be, yeah, it might be five or six weeks later. I get the written statement and it says that the thing was uh, cashed on the 29th. So then I'd go into my register and I'd check off that. Yes, that check was cashed by whoever and I sent it to. Through, right. So you put a little check so that you go, Oh, that one is accounted for. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I gave, cash to somebody which came out of my checking account uh, uh, that's accounted for and then these three other checks were accounted for but i would also oh, you keep track of cash too that is taken out of your account check, and then given account. elsewhere right this is what we always used to do and we've become a little bit of a cashless society but not a hundred percent so that way you could do it here's the problem with the information is that when i put down that i wrote the check on well the 24th but it doesn't really get cashed till the 29th What's in my register is basically false. I wrote it as a record of saying when I put it in the mail. But we can't account for if the mail lost it or if the mail went fast or went slow. Right. So I would go back into my register and white out the 24th and put the 29th because that's when it actually went through. Got it. With online Did banking. Did you do that often where you'd... I did you it put, for you years. You put a date preliminarily and then when you see it's gone through, pretty much it's not going to be on the day you send it out. You white it out and you correct the date. Correct. And then on top of that, I, it, let's say for some reason, the mail didn't lose it, but it took forever to go from California to Florida. And it got there on the second of the month and it was due on the first. So then the place Macy's, whoever it is, says, I'm going to charge you a late fee. And I'm like, no, I shouldn't get paid a late fee. I, the mail, I gave it seven days to get to you and usually gets there in three. This is crazy. I have a leg to stand on. They might still fight me, but I have a leg to stand on. I said, look at, look at the- I gave adequate time. Not only did I give adequate time, look at the date on the check. It says right. the 24th. Yeah, postmarked, right? Isn't that well, the you know, term? I'm sure in some cases people lost or some people just said, I don't want to fight with the bank. I'm just going to pay the fee. Well, so- And that was all based on the post office either being early or late with your check. In the case that- I, I'm going to play a small devil, devil's advocate here because- I am someone who still, like, let's say, right, you can't always trust the bank. 
But if the bank is the one that's responsible for how much interest you have, so, oh, it adds two cents. Well, are you sure the bank is, like, in that case where everything is digitalized now, are you calling the bank? Is it is it the case where we have to call the bank every single time and say, are you sure it's only 2%, are you two cents this time? No, I'm not doing months? that because I'm, right. I'm not wasting the time tracking that. Right. I am online banking now, but I still keep a paper register. Why? Because... Not only do people make mistakes, let's say they make a mistake one out of every 1,400 times, whatever. They make a mistake. So I want to, it's a way of me being responsible. If you're going to handle money, you should be responsible. I am not writing a check to somebody if I don't have the cash in, in, the, in the account or the money to cover it because then I'm paying late fees and I consider myself a responsible person. The other one thing, and I got to say I love online banking because I'm not writing checks. I'm not putting stamps on them. I'm not, I'm not finding a mailbox to put them in. I'm not worrying whether or not it got delivered in the seven days I gave it. Right. I can, I can go on my Schwab bill pay and I can like go on on the 10th and say, pay this bill on the first, the day it's due. Yeah. And automatically the money will be transferred to that vendor on the first. And then I can say the money to cover seven checks that I wrote or seven bill pays I can have the money that covers the amount of those seven checks, the total, transferred the day before. So the money's staying in my savings up until the last minute. Right. So So I'm being efficient because I'm being responsible. Right. So, but I guess the thing is, is basically this whole episode also just for context came up because I kind of needed to write a check. Um, I ended up just using cash, but basically I haven't used. A checking account. Well, so my checking account is basically, I have a personal debit card of mine. And, you know, so I use that for um, small expenses here and there. Um, And I, when I buy, let's say I'm getting gas, right? Correct. It's not the card I usually use for gas, but let's say it is. And I'm getting gas. I'm not looking in my checkbook and putting that I withdrew this much money for gas because that's just something that's online. That's not something I'm thinking about because I'm not writing a physical check, but I've done that now for, (laughs) I've had that debit card for three years now and I've never once needed to write a check, but now the initial, because my dad helped me, which thank you, uh, with writing the initial, what the initial value was. Um, we had deposited a certain amount and that was to start the checking account. We had transferred money in there so that I had a debit card and it was, you know, birthday money from checks I'd gotten for years. So I haven't been keeping that up for three years. So then I go, (laughs) am I, is it on me to go back? Well, no, I know how much is there, but how, how is that super realistic to go back? I do have the, the statements and everything, but is that super efficient and reasonable to, if I need to write one check, it's one check in three years that I can't physically write that check and just know that's $50 less in an account that has significantly more than $50. Yeah. Then, then you're fine. Then you don't have to worry about it. So I don't have to worry about the register. Well, this is the reason why I want the register. What if uh, the internet goes down for seven days or there's some sort of hacking of whatever bank you're with and they're going to guarantee you all your money back. But for 10 days and you're going, I don't know what I have. I'm going to write three checks. I wonder if I'm going over or not. All that stuff. When I have a paper register, I'm balancing it versus what I see online 
But I also know that if I ever wrote a check, and I'm probably writing three checks a year now, total. Yeah. I used to 100% had this rule, but we paid off the house, was every check for the mortgage was always put there. So I wanted every one of those checks returned. So if someone said, do you own your house? I go, I'll show you every single check. Oh. I'll show you 300 checks. So you were still writing checks when I was a, like, freshman in high school. Correct. Got it. And that was for mortgage every month. Correct. Interesting. Anybody, oh, you have them in the same well, place? You I have, like have the, the deed or I something? I have the deed trust, but I also have the backup that says this is everything I paid and how much additional principal I paid each month, et cetera. And it, there's every single check. Now, eventually, How big is that box? <laughs> it's not a big box. It was, it was a file, but the file got thicker and thicker. You know, because you could put it in envelopes and let's say you had 80 checks in each envelope and you just put them sideways and they fit in the file. Right. But I'll eventually throw that out. But I wanted to be like, okay, we've owned our house seven or eight years now. I forget exactly. But I wanted to make sure that if anybody ever said, hey, you still owe. No, I don't. I have the evidence. These are the canceled checks from the banks. So that's the only, that was the one thing I always wanted back. I didn't care if I got back a check from this Discover card or from the Macy's or whoever it was. You're saying I didn't check. Care. Do you mean like receipt? Like proof no, that- basically, I mail a check to the mortgage company. And let's say it's Chase Mortgage, and I write Chase Mortgage, and I put the amount. Let's say it's $1,100, and I write out that, and I sign it. I send it to them. It's due the first of the month. I've sent it on like the 25th, the 24th. The day it gets gets to Chase, mm-hmm. and let's say they got 10,000 checks that day for mortgages. Right. They got put it through some little automatic feeder thing, and it stamps the date that they received it on it. Right. And then it says, okay. So you get a copy yeah, of that? Subtract $1,100 from Sean's account. Right. You know, and it has an account number and whatever. That check then gets sent back to my bank, and then when I get my statement, all the checks are sitting there in my statement. Every single check I wrote that month. Oh. And on you turn it over... Like I wrote Chase 1100 on the front. When you turn it over, it says a big stamp. It's like a blue stamp or whatever. It says the Chase, and it says the date that they cashed it. Got it. So now I, you can't say to me, you know, you're a late fee because the check came on the 2nd. I go, no, I have the check that says it was cashed on the 27th. Right. Well, so. So the bottom line is, listen, I think online banking is terrific. I absolutely adore direct deposit. I've been doing that now for six, seven years. That means I do not have to bring a check and put it in the ATM. Right. I, I literally, my checks come on Thursday. If I'm up past midnight on Wednesday going into Thursday, I can go online and go, oh, there's my amount. There's my check. Yeah. I don't have to get it at the set. Then by the time I come home on Friday, I'm still tired. Then I sign it and then walk over to go to an ATM. It's just so much more extra time wasted. So online banking is amazing. However, I want in case there is a, um, you know, not a pandemic, but it's basically a financial crisis where for a week all the computers shut down or something. I have a paper record, and that's the only the only well, main reason you, I want it. You keep saying that it makes me wonder. I guess I shouldn't say if I feel like it's probably a matter of when, but I don't know. I feel like we're twenty twenty, and there hasn't been a huge internet shutdown that I can remember ever since, I guess, the millennium. But if that does happen, maybe that's a when. But let's say it happened I feel only- like there'd be so many more problems to think of. We would all... Right, but the bottom line is, even if it only happened for 48 hours, and if you have nearly every bank I know of will promise you 
if you don't have more than 100000 in that bank, they'll guarantee it. Say you had $2,900 in your checking account, and that's all you had with the bank. They'll guarantee up to 100000 if somehow that gets fraud, somehow right. gets stolen from your bank account. They'll guarantee it. So it'll be a pain in the butt for however long the the internet's down, the, the little financial right. crisis happened, but you'll eventually get it back. But, so, but I have a paper record of right. what's in my account at any moment. But so are you, like, do you think my kids are going to need to register and, and manage a checkbook? Uh, in general, no. But what you probably will have is like, there's a lot of budgeting apps out there. Like, you know, YNAB? I don't, but I've heard of Mint, but I think that well, Mint is investing. So, no, so YNAB is you need a budget is what that stands for. Oh. And it's a budgeting app. And so you can like attach your credit cards or any, your checking account, everything to it. So you can see at any moment what's in your account and what you're not. So that if you, with your iPhone, go and use the credit card on your iPhone and charge something at a register, right? right. So you don't even pull out your card. It then goes through and it immediately goes to YNAB and shows you, what's been deducted from your account and you can see what's in your checking account. So it's covered or it's not. And then you have to transfer money to the checking or you always make sure you have enough money in the account. Right now. Mint is budgeting, but it's also, I think for investing also. Right. Yeah. So I don't, I I don't use either, but it it doesn't mean I won't in the future and probably in a future show, we'll probably do a review of both and how it applies to us. I guess. So basically in the case that I, been three years in this one situation i should have written a check i i was fine doing it another way the person will get their money um would it have been bad had i just written a check it would have been my second check ever because the first one was a void (laughs) um that or at least from that personal account that personal checking account uh would it have been bad to do that fifty dollars uh and not put it in my register, and it would just show up in the online. But you know, yeah, it would show. Schwab up would show me, you know, in a week and a half when he checked it in that Correct. fifty was deducted. Listen, I think your children and even your generation in general will not be writing checks and probably will not be using check registers. My one downside is if. The internet goes down. I know exactly what I have. Do I have every single transaction that I just did in the last seven days on my credit card? No. Because but do you eventually put that in at the end of the month? No, but what's not put being put in a checking account, the only thing, let's say I use my Discover card and I put $1,100 on in its grocery store and then I had to go to Home Depot, whatever. It's $1,100 at the end of the month. The only thing that comes out of the checking account would be a check to the Discover card people. They don't care that there's 52 different things. It's just the one lump sum. It's the one lump sum. Okay, so in the case that I've, for my personal checking, where the one card I have, it's not like a Discover card. It's not like it's a bank account that gets direct deposit money. It's it's getting money from Venmo. it's It's withdrawing money from a Starbucks. It's, you know... That's not necessarily one lump sum because it's not a credit card company. So in the case that it's a checking account, if I want to write a check again, do I really have to go back three years and put in every single thing? Because it's not no, just one lump you sum. you don't. You don't. Okay. But I, it's my way of knowing exactly what's going out and what it's going out for. So that if I'm like, oh, 
I obviously have to write for the mortgage. Oh, I obviously, I paid a, a contractor who came in and did $3,000 worth of work on the house. Great. You know, because he doesn't have necessarily, you know, online bill pay or something like that. Right. But um, I think in general, there's no way you're going to be using checking accounts. But I do think part of personal responsibility is that you keep track. You don't have to write every single thing in, but you should always know that you're not paying fees because we went over in one of the shows about credit about fees and the fees are insane, especially with banks. Well, I'm someone who personally, I'm not going to buy a Maserati tomorrow and know that I certainly don't have the money beyond the down payment. Well, we're not talking that. We're just talking everyday things. So if someone goes, okay, now I'm going to get something to drink uh, at Starbucks. Now I'm going over here. Now I'm going over here. And then by the end of the week, they don't realize they spent $430 and they have 300 in their thing. And they're like, well, whatever. I'll just pay the $20 thing for, you know, they, the bank covers you and pays out the $430 that you charge that week. Right. And you only had 300 in your things. And you get this fee for, you know, $29 and then you better transfer money in there quick or they're going to keep charging you fees. Right. So most people are willing to pay those fees. I'm not because I think uh, personal responsibility and being financially smart means like try and never pay those fees. Just right. you, you get closer to financial independence that way. Right. But so in a, just in a basic checkbook, I don't have to keep track of every single little thing. If I want to write a check again, you do not, but I will never not do that. Okay. At my generation, I don't know, you know. There's a lot of people my age who will probably stop using and they're only online. I don't know every single transaction that's on my credit card. I, once I get my credit card statement, I look and I go, okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. But every once in a while they get it wrong. And it might be once every seven years. They're like, that's not my charge. And then you find out that somebody, let's say you gave a credit card to a, wait, a waiter. He went in the back, he took a photo of it, and then he charged something online on your account. Right. And it was only $18, but you're like, oh, I'm not noticing that, and I just pay the bill. I, I go through and go, yeah, 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 I know where I went there, there, there. Wait, what's that? Right. And maybe it doesn't happen that often, but there is that type of fraud that goes on. Yeah. So the big overall picture, I will always keep a register, and it'll say what's leaving my checking account at any time. Right. We will eventually review stuff like Mint, which I know is free, but then I've seen some reviews that say it, it has uh, problems with uh, interacting with other type of like, like this person's credit card and that person's bank or whatever. Sometimes it has interactive fees. I'm uh, not fees, but problems. Right. And YNAB has nothing to do with investing. It's strictly a budgeting app. And I, I know a person who loves it. I think it costs about $84 a year or something like that. <sighs> yeah. So, but think about that. That's $84 a year and people love it. But it also says they don't have enough personal responsibility to not spend when they don't have something. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's good. I just, I'm someone who loves to save, 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 overspend, spend, spend. So if I, if I feel like I have to budget every month, it's like I'll eventually end up having to do that because I'm still living at home right now. Like budgeting is not something I have to have on the forefront of my mind at all times, but eventually that'll be a thing. But, but it, And it shouldn't be on the forefront of your mind. You, you should concentrate on your photography career and everything else that you're doing. But the bottom line is that if once a month you spent 40 minutes just going, oh, here's my credit card statement. Here's this. That's all good. Great. I, I made sure there was enough in my checking account to cover it all. Go ahead. And a lot of people will have automatic bill pay. Yeah, see, that's the thing. That's the thing is that this is 
I was dealing with a debit card and you were dealing with a credit card, but I feel like not a lot of people have debit cards. I mean, they do, no. but I feel no, like I you think don't. The, I think a majority of people have debit cards. Does, and, but do you, you don't really have a debit card. I don't. Yeah. So that's the thing is that you're coming from it at a different perspective where it's not immediately taken out. It's something that like, it will all lump sum be paid at the end of the month. Correct. And you have three different cards and they're three lump sums and that's what it is. Right. Exactly. So, so a debit card situation is a little bit different where it's like an immediate, it's more immediate. You're seeing it more immediately versus if I use, let's say you go, Hey honey, please take my credit card and, and go buy some groceries for me. And I go, sure. That's not, we've never actually done that before, but in the case where that would happen, you're not seeing, oh, well, did she spend $82 like she told me or did she actually spend 90? Like you're not seeing that until potentially the end of the month versus a debit card, it's a little different. But um, either way, this is still, this is still interesting to talk about, I guess, the generational differences between how you feel and keeping responsibility. And I still want to be responsible too, but you're very I also don't want to like spend the next two weeks of all my free time writing in every single transaction of the past three years from Ann Arbor to San Diego to Houston. Let me tell you, it would have been a good thing to start with and eventually you wean yourself off of, but you know you could do it if you had to. Yeah, that's the thing is I know I can take, I have every single statement and I just have to download it and I could just write in. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. But here's a a quick strategy that a lot of people do because they don't want to be bothered. Let's say you know you you could take your last three statements and your average bill was $600. People can then keep $1,200 in their checking account. So that so once, you always have plenty. So you always have plenty and you put all your bills on auto pay. But let's say then you took a trip and the trip was $1,200. You're like, okay, I got to transfer more than I normally transfer. You know, let's say at the end of the month, you make sure money goes out of your savings into your checking or however it works that oh, I better have $3,000 in the account because besides the $600, there was another $1,200 for a thing. Right. But people, auto bill pay, I think, is great. Yeah. Um, well, so, but that was that was interesting. Um, I'm glad that we were able to talk about that. And it, at the very least that uh, you got an extra 700 bucks at the end of the day. I did. <laughs> I, uh, I'm glad, I guess, you didn't And I tried to give it back. Yeah, yeah. Well, for the most part, yeah. yeah. Towards the end there. That was the fee for giving you a head a headache in the first time that you tried giving it back to them. I tried. That was your so personal hard. fee. <laughs> I tried so hard. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that manager is probably wonder how many times that happened if that if it happened with that big of an amount. Imagine it. No, like, I bet it happened rarely. It's just that yeah. they were never wrong in their mind. Well, and you're a $700 richer for it. So there you go. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. Um, this please, was Please subscribe. This was a fun episode. I'm I'm surprised, like I said earlier, that we didn't do this earlier just because checkbooks are something that are so, I'm, I'm just going to say, like are annoying to me, but it's And it's they're fine. becoming a thing of the past for your generation. Yeah. So you'll, you'll adapt and you'll use a budgeting app or whatever. Checks got us to where we are now. Um, but yeah, thank, thanks again for tuning in and I guess we'll see you next time. All right. Thank you very much. The content on Dads, Daughters, and Dollars is for informational purposes only and does not constitute professional financial advice. Listeners should consult an attorney, accountant, financial planner, or other professionals to suit your specific needs.